Hello and welcome to the Digital Insight, the technology and supply chain podcast that delivers valuable C-level perspective into the core issues surrounding business transformation and digital disruption. Each episode will bring you the most inspiring executive insights from those leading transformation strategies within the world's biggest and best-known companies. The Digital Insight. Disrupt. Transform. Evolve. Welcome to the Digital Insight exclusive podcast series for Interface and CPO Strategy magazines. Today, we're joined by Craig Stewart, Vice President of Product Management at SnapLogic, an enterprise integration platform as a service built to connect big data, cloud, and on-premise apps. Today, we'll be addressing how tech can provide some of the solutions to the global skills gap in this space. So, Craig, welcome to the Digital Insight. Sure. So uh, I'm Craig Stewart and I uh, am SVP of product at SnapLogic. So I look after our product management and product marketing teams um, and have actually been with SnapLogic for um, something over eight years now and uh, have actually been looking after the the platform um, in product management since we brought it to market uh, back in 2013. And, uh, you know, I've been in the integration space and application development, data and integration um, now for many years. Uh, I was with Oracle prior to SnapLogic. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the big drivers um, back in 2011 when I joined SnapLogic was, you know, this whole new thing of the cloud was uh, um, actually making the difference to the enterprise world. Um and uh, back in uh, in those days, uh, for the Oracle uh, world, uh, the cloud was just somebody else's computer running in their data center. Uh, there, there was nothing different about the cloud. Um, and uh, you know, having experienced it firsthand with you know, Oracle's customers, um, you know, it was obvious that that was not the case and um, so we needed to be doing something different. And that what led me to uh, join Gaurav at uh, SnapLogic um, you know, because you know, the, the vision that the business world had changed um, and you know, the, the computing paradigm had changed um, and you know, was changing, you know, the paradigm had changed and the enterprise was adapting to it. Um, and uh, you know, I think uh, we see that change continuing to happen now. Um, you know, not only is the cloud providing the infrastructure on demand and those things, but it's also now able to provide a degree of um, power on demand um, that. You know, is is demanded of things like the AI and machine learning world, um, and it's you know, the, the that power on demand has become available, and the corollary to that is the algorithms and the uh, the capabilities on the other side has also you know, really come into uh, into its own. When you bring those two together, so you've got the you know, the algorithms and things, and the ability to train and do those things at the you know, both of those things happening at the same time, it makes possible the application of this technology 
in a way that simply wasn't previously. Most organizations, you know, the last thing that they were going to want to put in their data center is you know, some beefy GPU-based machines that were going to be used you know, every, other, you know, every other day or whatever it was, um, you know, get minimal utilization out of it, except when it was actually training a model. Well, now you know, the, the, the cloud and the cloud, um, uh, the, the providers like Amazon and Azure and Google, actually, you, know, you can just rent that on demand. We're going to use it for a couple of hours each day and hey presto now you know, we're going to get much better value out of that and it opens up new possibilities that simply weren't there before well i mean as you've just said and and touched upon there this the kind of pace of change is is rapid isn't it um um to such an extent where the the kind of human component is kind of falling behind isn't it a little bit with this skills gap in tech how big an issue do you think this is at the moment it's it's it is significant um it's significant when you look at, you know, we're trying to change in the enterprise um, and we know that you know, AI and ML has got great possibilities now, but in order to apply it, organizations need to have that set of skills. Um, and it starts actually with a, with a layer of data literacy within an organization. It's one thing having a team of data scientists who are able to um, do the, the machine learning and, and apply it. Um, you know, there, there's absolutely a, an issue getting enough of those people. But within organizations, um, you've got to have that fundamental data literacy across the organization as well. Um, and you know that's one of the things that Organizations need to be encouraging people to understand and universities need to be providing that to the graduates that we've got coming out. If you're a data, if you're a data science graduate, a statistics graduate or whatever, you know, you're going to have that level of data literacy. But the economics and business graduates today need that fundamental um, capability as well. If they don't have them, then the organizations that they work for simply aren't going to have the wherewithal and and even the capacity to um, envision how they could apply these technologies if only they could get the data scientists and uh, data engineers to build these things for them. So the universities... are certainly doing a good job in trying to refocus now on to uh, giving us uh, people that are literate in um, AI skills and ML. So they're they're doing their part from that end, but the the vast majority of organizations, the number of graduates that you've got coming in is actually very small in comparison to um, the incumbent organization. The the upskilling of the incumbent organization is one of the things that uh, organizations really need to focus on. um, That research that we've done that uh, has indicated we have more than half of businesses not being able to or not having the that set of skills in house now, 
to execute on a, a, an ML strategy. Um, so yeah, the, the, the gap that there is there means that the, you've got to upskill people that you already have. Universities are certainly playing their part in making that um, available. Um, and, you know, there's, there's lots of uh, the, um, the MOOCs, the, you know, the Udemy's and uh, those kind of things, which, are, which actually are a great resource for many organizations to actually you know, push their people to upskill um, you know, while they're in place. Just having that um, awareness of the possibilities um, and then saying, okay, well, you know, some of those people will become um, specialists in much the same way as, you know, in an organization. Um, historically, you'd get, you know, most people would know how to use Excel and one or two people would become the power users of Excel. I think we'll see the same kind of thing emerging in the data science world um, that organizations end up with you know, people that are fundamentally aware of the capabilities, but then there are going to be a few people that are really the experts in applying that. Um, and, you know, of course, not only is there the uh, that skills gap in, in terms of, you know, actually being able to apply the the technology you know, whether it's whoop, um, whether it's uh, uh, programming um, and, you know, generating the code to to do these things but there's also then the the next step on from that which is the ethics and bias which is a fundamental um, challenge for the application of these technologies. Um, anytime that you are dealing with uh, real people and the, the lives of real people, um, it is something that uh, does need to be very carefully thought about. Um, you know, if uh, you know, the, the, the classic examples in, in the US that we've heard about of, okay, you, know, you, you do uh, profile, visual profiles of criminals, well, in in uh, the U.S. and uh, other uh, and many other places, the profile of criminals tends to be predominantly, um, you know, one particular ethnic group, for instance. So, just by then you know, training a machine learning model, if you, know, you use that representative sample of you know, in in the U.S., um, what would happen would be that uh, the, the chances of you being a criminal if you happen to be male um, in your uh, 20s or 30s and of African-American uh, origin would be very high. And you know, that's, that is a bias which can be propagated forward, which you know, is inherently wrong. I mean, it also touches upon the role of women in tech as well, doesn't it? Because obviously they're, you know, uh, running at a much lower percentile than men. You know, some people have pointed to, you know, trying to attract more women into tech as well to try and affect the bias a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's having that ability to understand what's going to uh, um, to influence these things. What are the things that 
need to be thought about in the preparation of the data for training into models and those kind of things. Uh, that's, a, that's a fundamental skill, um, which I'm not sure that even, you know, having uh, a, a low-code platform, uh, a, a very productive platform is going to uh, give you. Um, that is some um, inherent things that we need to uh, have, you know, like the data literacy, um, that uh, the, the needs at this point to be trained for um, as we go forward. Obviously, the more productive that we can make the people that are trying to apply the technology and doing that you know, with a, you know, a low-code, no-code type platform um, where you are um, using that phrase democratizing the, the availability of the technology where you make the technology um, uh, intuitive and usable enough for that a wider group, a wider audience can actually uh, deliver on that development type environment um, to actually deliver the, the, the results. You know, that starts in um, the preparation of the data because going into you know, applying machine learning the data does need to be um, prepared, formatted in a way that the algorithms are expecting it. Um, and you know, that is a very flat and wide structure of data with the, the data features, um, the things like the, 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 the dates and those kind of things extracted into a form that is meaningful to the algorithm. Um, you know, if we can... Uh, you know, actually get more people to be able to do that when the vast majority of the time that data scientists today are spending on that preparation of the data is going to be reduced, giving them actually more time to be productive with the, uh, the, the magic that they can work with the, the algorithms that today have become available. And you know, those things are iterating um, very quickly um, with uh, the, the research going on inside predominantly universities. Um, and you know, here at SnapLogic, we're actually uh, lucky enough, we have a uh, chief scientist who is also a professor at uh, USF, University of San Francisco. Um, and uh, he actually is involved in teaching a master's class there. Um, and so we, we actually have uh, the, the, a number of the, the master's students each year join us um, to do their internships. Um, and USF, as it turns out, is uh, one of the leading universities in the US for their, uh, for their data science course. Um, and you know, organizations, enterprises you know, should be, trying to forge uh, relationships with universities and those kind of things. We're lucky enough to actually have been in a position that uh, Greg has been with us now for um, uh, something like nine years and you know, has been a constant, uh, you know, uh, pro uh, a constant uh, process for us that he's always bringing in this new blood. He's always bringing in these, uh, these new thinkers 
um, that are applying the, the current sets of technologies. And that enables us um, in a way that you know, had, we, had we not had um, people coming with those fresh ideas, you know, the, um, some of the, the AI functionality that we've added to our platform wouldn't even have existed without uh, that, that interaction. And so that has been a, predict- uh, uh, a particularly productive relationship for both us and for the University of San Francisco um, in that uh, you know, their, their students are getting access and exposure to very much the enterprise world um, where this technology is, you know, is, is really primed for a major impact. I mean, we talked there about um, organisations up, upskilling um, the existing workforce and adopting um, low-code platforms. Um, what, what do you think the biggest challenge is to organisations, even if they decide that this is you know, the road they need to go down? The, amongst the, the things, they're very much um, the... The, that basic data literacy doesn't exist in organizations today. That is, is one of the, the that barriers to, to, uh, to adoption. Um, but you know, once you've gone past that, um, it's, it's simply the availability of people with the, um, the, the enterprise skills um, you know, the universities are producing people with the um, fundamental technical skills. Those do need to be translated into how can that be applied in um, an ethical and uh, enterprise business way. Um, uh, you know, the, there, there is a difference between academia and the enterprise world. In the enterprise world, um, uh, more so than in academia, although academia is changing, um, you know, there does have to be a, uh, a value associated with any of the work that gets done within an organization. Um, in the academic world, um, it is valid to spend time evaluating and uh, not coming up with a result, um, you know, the, the, the pure research. And in, in terms of the... Uh, you know, we've talked about artificial intelligence and machine learning. Um, how do you kind of see that space changing over the next sort of two or three years and how it's going to affect enterprises even further? Well, I think, uh, you know, the, we see um, the, the risks associated with it, you know, with the, with the recent uh, uh, publicity that has uh, been um, around about uh, um, you know, the, the court case that uh, the, um, the the young man in uh, I think it was it was Cardiff um, who was being um, you know, video identified. Um, you know that is the application of uh, this technology. There is a risk within uh, within enterprises that you know this gets uh, tarred with a very negative uh, brush, um, and. Um, you know that uh, has some some risk for organisations if uh, you know during the process of applying the technology, um, you know to identify you know, the the people on the phone 
are they talking in a happy voice are they talking in a sad, uh, an angry voice the 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 scope for those things to end up as uh, um you know have it being maybe abused maybe uh not abused but uh taken in the wrong way um and actions taken based on those things um so i think there is there, there is certainly risk to organizations from you know a uh, a, a perspective of you know um social responsibility um and any organization that is dealing with end users does need to uh, be aware of that um but uh, you know the 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 on the other side if you are dealing with uh, you know things like predictive maintenance for instance the value that can be um gained within an organization to use the technology um uh is 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 you know very significant um you know if you can uh, um improve the uh, efficiency of your assets by you know, a, a small number of percentage points um if you happen to be in the retail industry or the telecoms industry you know even you know points of points is going to uh, make a significant impact on the bottom line of an organization um so you know, where these things can be applied um to the um the non-human um uh, workflows uh you know there is definitely some uh, some really uh, uh, big value that can be had out of them you know, the the it's it is not just um the human interactions that can be improved it is also um the 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 fundamental things that you know, running the factory this is the 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 the, the value of iot for instance um and all of the the data that that internet of things world is going to generate um you know if you can actually apply machine learning to that data to get value out of it um you know i don't think as as a whole uh, we have seen the value out of the internet of things um come about yet and i think now that we start to get the techniques like machine learning which we can then apply in you know things like preventative maintenance um predictive maintenance those kind of things now that's where we start to get real value for the enterprise out of these things and obviously we're talking about uh, machine learning artificial intelligence automation but from a number of points you've made obviously people are pretty much still integral to to this space absolutely um you know it it although um you know we we at snap logic use the machine learning functionality to actually build into our product to make it more productive for our users as well as offering the our users the technology to apply to their data to make their business more efficient but the business of integration is how we apply it and the the the, the reason that we can um is that we have that cohort of data which is the metadata um that our users are um generating in building pipelines and using the user interface it's based on that set of that cohort of data 
that we can then make our users more productive in using our product, virtuous circle there. Um, you know, and always trying to identify where you can generate a virtuous circle. You know, that uh, the, the fundamental way that the SnapLogic platform itself was built was as a SaaS platform where all of that metadata is stored in uh, the SnapLogic cloud. Now, you know, we have that metadata. We can now analyze it and apply machine learning to it. And as it happens, we have the skills in-house to be able to do that and then uh, make uh, adjustments in the way that our product works to deliver more productivity, even more productivity to the users of SnapLogic so that uh, the value of our product itself you know, continues to increase. I think, uh, you know, in looking forward to um, you know, where we are at with, with ML and uh, AI today, uh, I do think that we are scratching the surface. Um, today, the algorithms are, um, I wouldn't, I'm not, I'm not sure immature is the, uh, is the word, but they have a long way to go, um, that they can, um, you know, that we can actually build upon them. So, you know, today, you know, there's all these algorithms and you've heard of things like XGBoost and uh, convolutional neural networks. Well, what a business needs is not someone that can talk that language. They want to, how can I apply the technology to improve my top line, my bottom line? What are the things that I can do to the business processes? So if I've got a quote to cash process, how does this improve my quote to cash process? And I think in the coming uh, months and years, what we will actually see happen is that the pre-built patterns of the algorithms, the algorithms are going to be the low-level code in much the same way that assembler and uh, you know, 3GL-type languages are the foundation of you know, what we do in, in uh, building applications today um, through drag and drop. The same is going to be true as we see you know, that the... the um, algorithms that are available today will be the foundations of this technology in the future, and you know, they've got it's got to be translated into business values. And so it's going to have to be. You know, I can use this technology to reduce churn in my um, in my customer base. I can use this technology to make the process of um, being able to fundamentally take an order um, or to process the order, those things, um, that the automation of the enterprise um, is is where we're heading um, and the, the technology is going to head there with us. Um, we, we need to drive it in that direction um, or, you know, in the, the, there's a lot of the, open source technologies and those things, they need to be channeled um, and, uh, and focused on you know, delivering business value. That's where it's going to take uh, this from being a great academic idea to 
real value in the enterprise, which is what we need to uh, to drive. Thank you for listening to the Digital Insight Podcast in association with TheInterface.net and CPOStrategy.com. The Digital Insight is brought to you by B2E Media Limited. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review. And don't forget to check out our podcast archive at www.b2e-media.com slash podcast.